Anderson. Mr. Bell. How you doing? I'm fantastic. What do you have for us today? So in the last show, which I'll link in the show notes if people have missed it, we were talking about the kind of difference between leads and sales. So we were looking at the structure of setting up the book, which is a fantastic episode. So this time, I thought we'd look at another acronym that we've got that we use internally. So SPEAR emails. So we talk quite a lot with people Mm -hmm. about that follow-on sequence. There's a lot of time and attention on writing the book, but obviously if you then do nothing with it, it's a bit of a waste of time. So I wanted to grab your thoughts on how people can best use the book after it's been created and then engaging people, engaging readers in, in a dialogue, a conversation after that. Well, that's really the thing. That's the most important thing. When I look at this, that the, and I've always said it and I have to really take the time often in conversation with people about the concept of the 90 minute book to continually reinforce that the purpose of the 90 minute book is to give you an opportunity to be in a conversation with somebody who by the very act of them asking for your book has indicated that they are somebody that you want to be in a conversation with. And so we talked a lot about that with the book titles. That's why it's so important to um, title the book something that your ideal prospect would definitely want to have in their library, that they would say, that's the book for me. And so the, um, you know, just to, to kind of, reiterate my position on the way that we look at these things is that the purpose of a 90 minute book, it's not to um, write the definitive book of everything you know about and have carefully researched and, and uh, cross checked and fact checked and, and, you know, all, all of the uh, efforts that people go into to create a book book, the big capital B book. Um, it's to really understand the fact that the, the, what triggers the mechanism in somebody to want your book is the title of the book and the fact that you're offering it to them, right? That you've exposed them to it, that they see that there's a book available and that they can get it by leaving their name and their email address. And the only purpose that I look at it for the book is to trigger that mechanism. And we can trigger that mechanism of somebody taking an action to, to, uh, to get possession of this book. And it's not really about getting possession of this book. It's about anchoring or identifying with the title, the concept, the idea of this book for them to say that's for me and to leave their name and email that now that gives us the opportunity to engage in a dialogue with these people. And you, you mentioned our, one of our acronyms that we use is a spear emails, which are short, personal, expecting a reply. S-P-E-A-R, spear. So that's one of our um, that's one of our most effective marketing um, 
abilities is to engage with people one-on-one. Now, there's nothing better than a book to identify somebody who would largely be an invisible prospect. You know, if somebody, if we we don't know, I, I use and I'll continue to use as an example, some of the, um, some of the things that kind of best illustrate this, that when we talk about the adult acne cure as an, as a clear example of this, that somebody that's a book that the only reason and the only person who would be interested in that is somebody who is experiencing the thing that your, the book is about that's experiencing adult acne. Um, we had, um, a podiatrist who's just joined us in our uh, in the email mastery program and is coming to the Breakthrough Blueprint in Orlando, and he has a um, he has a book about heel pain that is particularly interesting to me right now, because as I was explaining to him on our email mastery call this week, I've been experiencing some Achilles heel, um, tightness, some, some, uh, things. And so I am very interested in that. So by me, um, you know, there's no way to get a list of people who are experiencing adult acne or who are experiencing acute onset Achilles heel uh, you know, uh, pain. And so the, the very best thing that we can do, the thing that a 90 minute book allows us to do is to build our own list of those people by getting that book title. And the fact that you've got a book in front of the general population of people so that the ones who have that identify with that, want that kind of information will, raise their hand, self-select, and by asking for your book, essentially tell you that they're an ideal candidate for what it is that you do. As a podiatrist, if you're looking for uh, people who have heel pain, and you know it's interesting because we talked on the um, email mastery call that heel pain is, is certainly probably the most um, popular or common type of foot pain that people have. But when you think about all of the different possibilities there, like ankle pain or Achilles heel pain or plantar fasciitis or uh, bunions or ingrown toenails or toe joint pain or, uh, you know, all of those things, the only thing that I'm not interested in a book about ingrown toenails right now because I don't have ingrown toenails. I have acute onset heel pain. And so I'm very fascinated by that. And I'm very interested in that. And by signing up for it, that gives Dr. Milky the opportunity to engage in a dialogue with me. You know, that's that's what we were talking about. Exactly. That specificity in starting the conversation, I know you've used the example of when we talk about writing in general, whether it's books or or emails or any other communication, that's putting yourself in the mindset of someone who had just walked through the door. So if Dr. Milky had written a book called 
trying to get a clever title called Flex, the solution to foot, the non-surgical solution to foot problems. Yeah. Uh, even though there's a subheading that does capture the attention a little bit by trying to be too clever in the title and not just say the words that are in your head as someone who has heel pain. Yeah. That specificity. Yeah. It might not sound as clever. It might not be a book that you would typically associate with being on a bestseller list in Amazon, but none of this is the job of work. The job of work is the first sentence in a conversation that hopefully leads towards um, some business further down the track. Yeah. And there's the thing. It's never. And, and the fact that when you're thinking about it, that the book has to be focused on your audience, right? Focused on what is it that, uh, that they would want. Like, so one of the mistakes I see people make is they want to make the book about them, which certainly, you know, I mean, there'd be like Dr. Milky writing a book called confessions of a soul man or something. S O L E. <laughs> right. Like that <laughs> trying to be clever and, uh, you know, well, do those kind job. of put a little soul in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's doing a different job, isn't it? If you want to write that type of book, that's fine, but don't mistake, yeah. mistakenly think that it would be as effective as writing it in the language that, that resonates with the, the audience that you're trying to engage with. Right. And that's the thing. And I look at it that my intention, my purpose, my, um, you know, the, the way that we set this all up and we set up the whole operation, our whole organization, the whole 90 minute books team is geared to just, uh, I, I think get people the, uh, best possible tool to grow their business, right? As a, as a using a book as a pre-suader. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's not even about the book being the pre-suader per se, but the fact that it's titled and it's offered uh, to the people who would be your ideal candidate, that they raise their hand, that that in itself has value in um, how you're able to then engage with people in a dialogue. So uh, I'll use the example of what happened with Dr. Milky. So we had the conversation and I, I would say to people, imagine that your book and the landing page that we set up for you for the book so that people can leave their name and email to get it, that that is a portal to your office. And as soon as somebody fills in their information, they press the send me my book button and they are magically and immediately transported into your office, your physical office. And they open the door and they poke their head in and say, I'm here about the heel pain book. And what would you say to those people? What would you actually physically say to them? And that is the basis of these short, personal, expecting a reply messages. Because if somebody came into your office like that, you might say, um, well, welcome. Um, how long have you had the heel pain? That might be something that you would, uh, how, how you might start it out, right? Or you might offer them a choice. Did it just start or have you been experiencing it for a while? 
oh, is it more on the bottom of your heel or on the back of your heel? You start diagnosing or having some conversation with somebody to get some clarity about the scope of it and about what the actual issue is and start formulating an idea of how you're going to be able to, um, to help people, you know? I think there's a lot of concern that people have very unfounded concern that entering into an email dialogue that is more one-on-one based, there's a concern that they won't be able to get back to people that it will be overwhelming. But I think so mm. often the case people overestimate how effective any one campaign is going to be. And on the flip right, side, right. if it is overwhelming and if there is a lot of people entering into this dialogue, it's a dialogue with five-star prospects. The example you had of people teleporting into the office, I can't imagine someone sitting there thinking, well, you know what, the door's open at nine, but if we have more than two people come in the door, we're going to have to shut for an hour or two until we get through them. There's no, there's no way in the physical mm-hmm. world people would have the same concerns, but it's surprising how often people get um, use it as a barrier. And I always wonder whether it is a, is a legitimate concern or that, or whether that's just kind of uh, right. or a manifestation of, of well, I mean, we can tell from experience, like, you know, running, um, you know, running high volume lead generation and getting, um, you know, lots of replies on a daily basis is a, is a manageable, um, thing, right? Once, once you know what's going to happen, I mean, that would never, when you look at it, that if somebody's running, um, a book offer, a book campaign, and they're getting hundreds of opt-ins at a time. Um, you know, what you're really looking at is that we set all this up to be semi-automated in a way, right? Like where they can, you know, we, we get the book done, then the landing page that's completely automated. The autoresponder that is set up, um, initially is, automated and even then the the message that we can send that initiates the conversation can be automated so that it's not you know when you're advertising or sending postcards you're doing facebook ads or uh print ads or whatever it is you're getting you know a hundred people to come to a website you're getting 50 or 60 of them to leave their name and their email address, or maybe it's even 30 or 40 of them, whatever, uh, whatever it is. And then you're getting maybe 30 or uh, 40 of those, uh, the percent of those to respond to your initial email, but they've already jumped through a lot of steps to get to that point, right? You think about they're a person who saw an ad or got a postcard. They decided that that I want that they clicked on the link or went to the website. They saw this is where you can get it. They voluntarily typed in their name and their email address <laughs> right away. And they received an email, opened it, read it and responded to it. That's a person who's moving forward in many different uh, ways. You know, there, there's not, uh, I would look at, boy, 
that would be a, a great problem to have is that we've got <laughs> too many people asking and moving forward, wanting to engage in a dialogue. And it's, it's a problem that, that is, uh, you know, that's a sophisticated, good problem to have. It's like the saying in a real world situation, it's like suggesting that the problem of the people queuing up with cash in hand at the, at the uh, checkouts is almost people are saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're too busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If you could go go away and come back later, that would be very helpful to us. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Rather than thinking, let's open up, open up another register more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, there's, Two things that sprang to mind as you were talking there. One is the that concept of uh, five star prospects and not necessarily letting non five star prospects derail the conversation that you would otherwise be having with five star prospects. So I've heard you say uh-huh. a number of times before: treat everyone as if they're a five star prospect until they evidence themselves that they're not. And the other example right. was, and I'm not sure whether we've talked about this on the show before or not. Um, or whether it was one of the other podcasts, but the subservient chicken example of people thinking that they may get overwhelmed with the responses, but actually the responses fall into mm-hmm. 80 or 90% fall into the same very small group that yeah. it's easy to deal yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I'll have just a couple of loops to close there for you. Um, so it's just for people wondering, what are we talking about with subservient chicken? <laughs> that... Uh, Burger King, I mean, it was a very popular campaign, but I'm not presuming that everybody knows what that, what that is, that, um, the ad agency for Burger King several years ago created an amazing viral, um, campaign called the, uh, and a website called subservient chicken. And it was a play on the, thought that Burger King's slogan, of course, is have it your way. So this, you know, that the subservient chicken came in that thing and it was <laughs> to announce their new chicken uh, sandwich that you can have it your way. And when you would go to the website, and I think it's still online, actually, if you do a Google search for subservient chicken, I think you can still see this. But essentially, it was a very, very simple website with a just a big, you know, live video looking picture of a guy in a chicken suit in a apartment and the like a Google search bar that said, you know, basically, welcome to some Serbian chicken, have it your way. And, uh, you know, you can command the chicken what to do and you type in jump up and down and the chicken would jump up and down, or you would say, chase your tail and the chicken would chase its tail or do the chicken dance. Or, you know, you start to think about, um, all the different, uh, things that you could, command the chicken to do. And the way that they created the database of these uh, was to make up a flyer that had a picture of the subservient chicken on there with 10 lines below it and said, you know, command the chicken to do uh, 10 things. And they 
did a thousand of these, I think was all they needed to do. They did a thousand of these, had people fill them out. And what they found was that largely people ran out of steam. Like we all collectively think of the same things, right? (laughs) Jump up and down, spin in a circle, all these things, but even the long tail things, you know, they got most of the things that people, um, would do. And they had a, they shot the, the video, um, for it and then seamlessly programmed it all together. So it looked like it was happening, um, really in live time. And so this is not much different than that in that you can, when somebody asks for your book, um, by asking somebody a question with a narrow band of of uh, responses, you, it makes it so much. It makes it very easy to uh, automate the process of somebody managing the dialogues with these people. And so I use and always use the word automate to include things that are not done by me. So anything that's not done by me is under my definition of automation, automated, even if it requires other people. So you start to think about that as long as somebody knows what to do, um, it creates lots of options. So if I ask if somebody, if I'm offering a book called the adult acne cure and somebody comes and downloads it, and then we immediately offer or send them an email that um, asks a short personal expecting reply message of, hey, Stuart, welcome aboard. How often do you get breakouts? That is a short personal expecting reply message with a very limited field of options. So it's going to be on some range from oh, I never get breakouts. I was just curious about the book or whatever or something to I constantly have breakouts. Those are the two end things. And everywhere in between is just some varying degree. People could say, well, occasionally I get breakouts when I eat fatty foods or thinking that they're related. Or um, I get... um, a couple of times a month, I'll get periodic breakthroughs. But somebody who is looking for um, the cure for adult acne is probably somebody who has it more on the the latter half of that um, yeah. scale. That they're probably more frequently getting um, getting breakouts. And so when you, when they ask, when you ask a question like that, which is a completely reasonable question, and the same thing would go for Dr. Milky, if we're offering the heel pain cure or, you know, heel pain, uh, book, heel pain secrets that, um, heel pain relief that it would be reasonable to ask somebody, do did you just, uh, did the pain just come on or have you been experiencing it for a while. That would be a very short personal expecting reply sort of conversational way of imagining the dialogue between you and somebody who has shown up at your office and asked for your book. 
Welcome. Here's yeah, certainly. Let me get you a copy of the book. Here it is. How often are you getting breakouts or have you just started having heel pain or has it been going on for a while? Then when they respond and it's going to be smaller and smaller, right? Like you're going to, not everybody's going to, if you send out a thousand postcards to your ideal prospects, not everybody's going to respond, but some people will. And of the people who respond, when you send that initial short personal expecting a reply email, not everybody's going to respond, but some people will. So you have a smaller group to that. And then when you engage and you send out another follow-up question, like with ACME, if they said, um, we constantly get breakouts, the next step might be, well, what have you tried so far? What are you doing right now? What, you know, what, that would be a wonderful question to find out the state of where somebody is, what the incumbent solution that they're using for whatever the issue is for your um, situation. But you get that sense that as these progress, the, the more steps that somebody has, once somebody's responded to two of your emails, you're engaged in a dialogue now with a real person who probably after two or three of these exchanges is going to write you what I call the love letter. And the love letter will just lay it all out for you. That is the person that we're looking to be in relationship with. And that relationship starts with being in conversation with them. And that conversation starts with being able to identify the person that we want to be in that conversation with in a way that makes it easy for them to start it without even knowing that they're really starting a conversation. The elements of persuasion that you mentioned in there, both in terms of helping people to self-select and identify because it's language that resonates with them but also knowing like the chess player example knowing the three or four moves ahead and then working back from that end point in the little steps that are conversational engaging by the time someone's reached the 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 point that it has to become automated manually automated versus machine automated you've sifted and sorted so many of the previous steps whilst at every stage still building rapport with people where the time's not quite right for the, for them and then switching people into more of a flagship broadcast type, uh, type funnel. But it's such a straightforward way. I think the, the love letter example, um, that might not necessarily resonate with some um, people might not understand what that is. If it's, uh, I think we've got a couple of examples of those that we use in email mastery. So I'll, I'll grab one of those and, and put it into the, into the show notes. Um, I'm conscious of your time. We're just coming up on, on half an hour. So I think we've, uh, we've hit a good place to, to draw a line under it, but I'll make sure that in the show notes of this episode. So if people head across to, 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast and this is episode 34 in the show notes i'll make sure that we've got an example of the love letter example that we were talking about a link across to the email mastery book because that's a great resource for anyone who's thinking about taking uh, the the follow-on from their book how to start this engaging conversation 
and uh, and mm-hmm. we're just closing then on the titles the the importance of picking a good title so we have a, a great titles workshop that we did that i'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes as well perfect i love it fantastic so much good stuff Oh, it is. And it's such a, an amazing opportunity for people listening in now who've maybe heard Betsy and I talk on the last couple of podcasts, have heard some of the interviews that we've done with authors. It's always great to get you on and listen to your perspective of bringing it together, kind of stitching all of those elements together, because it really is all about that opportunity to engage the five-star prospects that are out there, but invisible. I love it. Fantastic. Well, the only thing left then is for anyone who hasn't started yet to head across to 90minutebooks.com and follow the Get Started links. Be uh, great to help you get the title dialed in, the book written and out there starting these conversations. So thanks again, Dean. Always fun. I will catch you soon. Thanks, Stuart. Bye. Cheers. Bye.